What's going on, guys? Welcome back to One Stop Shop. Let's get right into this episode. How we doing, guys? Last night, the Knicks got a 94-93 victory in a really close game. Another great performance out of Julius Randle, another triple-double. And, yeah, let's break down last night's game. So, it was very close, like I mentioned. The Knicks were down after the first quarter by two. Then would outscore them in the second, making it a really close game going into the second half. Our defensive efforts last night were very big from Reggie Bullock, who basically would clinch the game for us, making a very big defensive play to end the game. And the Knicks would escape with the victory, moving to 21-21 on the season. Julius Randle, 18 points, 10 rebounds, 17 assists, 1 steal in 40 minutes. Alec Burks, 21 points, 3 for 6 from 3-point range, 10 rebounds, 2 assists. R.J. Barrett, 17 points in 42 minutes last night. Really grinding. 9 rebounds, 1 assist for Barrett. Reggie Bullock, like I said, big game last night, 6 threes. In 36 minutes off the bench, 20 points, 3 assists, 3 steals, 3 rebounds. <clears throat> and the Knicks were without Emmanuel Quickly last night and Derrick Rose among other players. And basically, they had to really work for that win last night, even though the Magic are 13-27 and 27 on the year. The Knicks are... Playing pretty up and down basketball at the moment, and obviously they need to refocus their efforts for Sunday against the 76ers. We obviously just lost in a three point loss the other night, and we faced them on Sunday at 8 o'clock. And we really need this victory because the Eastern Conference is so close at the moment. Right now, we're Half game out of the fifth spot behind the Atlanta Hawks. And then the Charlotte Hornets and the Celtics are tied with us right now. So we need a little separation in the standings. The Knicks need to win a couple games and get back to the uh, better position that we were in before the uh, All-Star break. But obviously this conference is so close this year. Last night, the big matchup that I really wanted to see was the first game between LaMelo Ball and LeBron James. LeBron had a monster game last night. 37 points, 8 rebounds, 6 assists, 1 steal, and a block, 4 threes. Dennis Schroeder, 22 points. Kyle Kuzma, four threes off the bench, 12 points, three assists, five rebounds. And, yeah, Alex Caruso returned last night from a concussion. Played 24 minutes, five points off the bench. Montrez Harrell, seven points. LaMelo Ball, 26 points. 10 for 18 from the field, two threes, five rebounds, seven assists, one steal. P.J. Washington, 
18 points, 3 for 4 from 3. Four blocks, one steal, one assist, eight rebounds. The Lakers are now 28 and 13 on the year. And they really can't be stopped. Right now, they are one and a half games behind the Utah Jazz for the top spot in the Western Conference. And obviously, the Lakers are right there, and they're not worried about much. <laughs> so that's that. Last night there was another upset. The Jazz lost to the Wizards 131 to 122. A great performance out of Donovan Mitchell, 42 points, four rebounds, six assists, two steals in 39 minutes. Knocked down four threes last night. Joe Ingles, 34 points, eight three-pointers last night. Holy shit. Uh, five rebounds, two assists, two steals for him. For the Wizards last night, Russell Westbrook, 35 points, 15 rebounds, 13 assists, two steals, another triple-double for Russell Westbrook. Bradley Beal, 43 points, four for six from three. Two rebounds, five assists. And yeah, this was a pretty big upset because the Wizards are 15 and 25. Jazz are obviously the top spot in the Western Conference. They're 29 and 11 and have been one of the surprises of the league this year. I don't think anybody really expected Utah to be this good. And yeah, it's definitely a opportunity for them to go far in the playoffs this year. And they could definitely do it. They have the talent, especially with Donovan Mitchell leading the way. And, yeah. Saw highlights of this game that look fucking crazy. So, yep, moving on. Some NFL... Free agency news. The Giants yesterday, they signed Kyle Rudolph, tight end from the Minnesota Vikings, to a contract. Obviously, the Giants need a solid tight end to give Daniel Jones a little security when he's on the field. And Kyle Rudolph's a solid veteran who can definitely make plays and get us down the field. So that was definitely a good signing by the Giants. Obviously, the talk of the town is if we're going to get Kenny Galladay, wide receiver from the Lions, and it's looking fairly promising that the Giants are going to sign Kenny Galladay. And we've been seeing a lot of positive news that He's returning today for another meeting and a physical. And he met with the Giants on Thursday. And it seems like the Giants are really pursuing Galladay. And hopefully we can get another top player. We need another really solid receiver on our team. We don't really have too many superstars on the Giants right now. But if we could start building... 
the potential that the Giants could get back to being a title contender in a few seasons. We need to start getting the top players that could actually help us get there. And obviously, Kenny Galladay is the top wide receiver prospect right now on the market. So... There were a lot of players that basically said, don't let Galladay out of the building without a fucking contract. <laughs> and that seems to be the vibe. And it seems like the Giants front office is going to do everything that they can to get him to become a Giant. And that would honestly be some of the best possible news that a Giant fan could fucking get. It would give us hope. It would give us a newfound energy on our offense, especially with Joe Judge leading the way now. And he seems like he's trying to build the culture that can get the Giants back to a positive place. So I'm all here for it. And hopefully the Giants can make some news happen today and make New Yorkers very happy with the potential of making our team better. We can only hope that we'll get Kenny Galladay, I hope. And it said in some article that I was reading that they said that there's a deadline by 9.40 p.m. tonight for him to sign a contract. So I guess we're going to be hearing from the Giants PR team at some point today if everything is going accordingly. And hopefully we have a new wide receiver. All right, guys, so some UFC news that basically came out last night. So Habib Nurmagomedov, he finally has said goodbye to the sport officially, and now the title has been vacated. And Michael Chandler is now facing Charles Oliveira for the vacant title, and that'll happen at UFC 262 on May 15th. Habib is regarded as being one of the best of all time. Obviously, he retired with a 29-0 record, and he has made quite the impact on the world of MMA, and he'll continue to be involved in MMA, I'm sure, as a coach. And he's obviously been coaching Islam Makachev and Umar Magomedov, his cousin. <clears throat> Among other fighters that have been coming out of the Russian circuit. And he's going to be one of the best coaches that a young fighter could want. Especially coming from that part of the world. Like He's going to be regarded as the top trainer. He has such a crazy technique to his wrestling that basically is unmatched by any other competitor that is in the world of MMA. He's just a different kind of beast. So congrats to Habib on an amazing career, an amazing fighter, and 
he deserves to basically move on with the rest of his life and do whatever is going to make him happy. Especially after losing his father, I understand that like he probably was torn emotionally. And he made a promise to his mother that he wouldn't fight without his father. And he is a very respectable guy. And people have their misconceptions about him because of some of the stuff that he says. And he doesn't really respect, like, the bullshit in the fight game. So he doesn't want to hold up the division anymore. And now we're heading for a very good fight between former Bellator lightweight champion Michael Chandler and the always dangerous Charles Oliveira. I am looking forward to that fight. That is going to be a fucking crazy fight. And Michael Chandler obviously debuted with knocking out Dan Hooker very quickly. So that's going to be fucking interesting to see his second fight in the UFC. And this is going to be a very interesting fight. Oliveira is obviously a very highly trained jiu-jitsu competitor. And Michael Chandler is one of the better wrestlers and strikers that are in the sport. So they're both very dangerous guys. This is going to be a fucking firework show. So looking forward to seeing that. Other big fights that got announced... T.J. Dillashaw will be returning to fight Corey Sanhagen on May 8th in a fight night main event. This is T.J.'s first fight in, what, like two years? After a two-year suspension for EPO, and obviously it's going to be Quite the storyline to see how he performs without being on a certain type of substance like that. So that's going to be a big fight. Obviously, Corey Sanhagen coming off his insane flying knee knockout to the legend Frankie Edgar. And yeah. That's going to be a great fight. And the winner of that will probably get a title shot. So that's going to be a crazy UFC fight night. And it says May 8th for that fight. Kelvin Gastelum is replacing Paolo Costa to fight Robert Whitaker on April 17th. Paulo Costa withdrew from the fight because of an illness. Who the fuck knows? He's a fucking airhead. Fucking balloon animal. Fucking Costa. He would get fucking pieced up by Whitaker anyway, but (laughs) this is going to be a great fight between Whitaker and Gastelum, two of the better fighters in the middleweight division. And this was a fight that was supposed to happen when Whitaker was still the champ in February of 2019. 
but uh, Whitaker had an injury and had to uh, back out of that fight because of a hernia. So Gastelum basically would face Israel Adesanya for the interim title, and he lost. <clears throat> and Whitaker was the interim champ at the time, so then Adesanya beat Whitaker. So that was basically how the division fucking played out over the last couple of years. Obviously, another big fight that's coming up is Darren Till against Marvin Vittori, and that is on April 10th. Darren Till is one of my favorite personal fighters. Like, he's a fucking savage. He doesn't give a fuck about much. <laughs> he's from England, and... Marvin Vittori, the Italian prospect who basically has gone the distance with Adesanya before. And, yeah. Darren Till is not to be messed with. He has great boxing background and can piece anybody up. So, looking forward to seeing that fight. That's fairly soon. Mike Perry is also fighting on that card. He's always exciting to watch. And yeah, there's a lot of fucking good UFC happening very fucking soon. <clears throat> and obviously this weekend is Kevin Holland the up-and-coming superstar in the middleweight division. I'll fucking say that, you know? The guy is on a crazy win streak. He obviously had an insane 2020. And, yeah. Kevin Holland is someone that can back up what he fucking speaks and he talks a lot of fucking shit he's known as big mouth <laughs> and that's basically because he fucking calls out anybody and he doesn't really care what anybody has to say about him so obviously in his last fight he knocked the hell out of jacare souza and basically would elevate his potential in the middleweight division and hopefully he keeps on winning and a fight that I would love to see is Kevin Holland versus Izzy eventually for the middleweight title. Like that is that would be inevitable because he has some of the biggest hype around him in that division, even though he's not in the top echelon of the rankings. But like, you know, like he is a fucking crazy competitor and he's facing Derek Brunson, who is known to be um Basically taking him lightly. You shouldn't take Derek Brunson lightly. He has knockout power and can basically swarm you at a moment's notice and finish the fucking fight. That's what we've been seeing out of him in his last couple fights, at least. So that's the main event this weekend. And, yeah. And now we 
basically you're now hearing that Poirier is definitely going to be fighting McGregor sometime this summer. And they said that they were trying to get it done for May, but I guess like certain things didn't play into that. So it's probably going to happen in like July, the trilogy of McGregor against Dustin Poirier. So that's going to be crazy. Some other fight news. Anthony Joshua and Tyson Fury signed a two-fight deal to fight each other. So that's official. And that will happen later this year. Or in the fall. So that'll be fucking insane. That's going to be one of the biggest boxing fights in England's history. Obviously, two champions that are going to unify that division to the best of their ability. Tyson Fury, the WBC champion. And Anthony Joshua is... WBA, IBF, WBO, IBO champion. I had to look that up, sorry. (laughs) But, yeah, these guys are both in their prime. And we haven't seen Tyson Fury fight in over a year since he fucking beat Deontay Wilder. And obviously, we want to see Deontay Wilder back, too. He's fucking exciting. And I would love to see him fight Andy Ruiz. Obviously, former world champion. And that would be an insane fight. Obviously, he beat Joshua. So, if Deontay Wilder would face Andy Ruiz, I feel like he would get back into the title picture. I mean, like, he's obviously still one of the crazier fighters. So I guess we'll have to uh, see how the rest of Wilder's career plays out. But I'm very interested in seeing how that plays out. The other day, Mike Tyson had Canelo on his hot boxing podcast, and it was honestly a very interesting interview. Obviously, Canelo doesn't speak great English, but they had Henry Cejudo there, Triple C, former double champ UFC and he was basically doing the translating for Canelo and it was just like another great interview that Mike was able to execute he has such a great mind for sports and especially the mindset that goes into being one of the top athletes and you see that in Canelo he has ultimate confidence and there's not much that could really stop him, and that's why he's been able to overcome adversity. And even though he's not the biggest guy, either was Mike Tyson. Like, they have knockout power, and they have technique that will ultimately propel them to becoming legends. And Canelo is a legend. And he says that he wants to fight for another, like, seven years as long as he's healthy. And yeah, 
It was a great interview. Highly recommend checking out Hotboxing with Mike Tyson. It's a great podcast. He always has great guests on. <clears throat> and yeah. March Madness kicked off last night with the first four. There was a really exciting game last night between UCLA and Michigan State. It ended in overtime, and the game came down to the wire. It was such an exciting game to start off the tournament. UCLA picked up an 86-80 to victory over Michigan State last night. And, yeah, the battle of the 11 seeds. I'm really excited to get the tournament underway today. We got a bunch of good games starting at noon today on CBS. We got Virginia Tech facing Florida. Then at 12.45, Arkansas versus Colgate. Illinois versus Drexel at 1.15 on TBS. And Texas Tech against Utah State. And then at 7 o'clock, we got Colorado State against Buffalo in the... Oh, that's the NIT. (laughs) No one cares about that. (laughs) Yeah. But uh, look forward to Florida hopefully kicking some ass in the tournament. Hopefully they don't get bounced. They've been pretty solid this season. Obviously, they're a seven seed, and Trey Mann's been leading the way for them this season, averaging 16 points, five and a half rebounds a game. And, yeah, I'm a Florida fan, especially in college basketball, so... Looking forward to hopefully seeing them win early on today. And I'm looking forward to seeing the tournament really get underway. There was another really exciting game yesterday between Drake and Wichita State. Wichita State lost by one. And, yeah, this was another exciting game. Obviously, it was the first four, and... If these games were going to be a precursor for this entire tournament, I am excited. I'm hoping we get these one-point wins all throughout, but obviously brackets are going to get busted really fucking quick. Probably including my own. I think my bracket's probably already busted because I fucking took Wichita State. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, that's how it goes, and this has been an episode of One Stop Shop. Peace out, guys. It's March Madness.